I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. We are Unsportsmanlike here on ESPN Radio. Presented by... Progressive Insurance, ESPNU as well. Hello, I'm Michelle Smallman, Chris Canty, Evan Cohen with you. So, each and every Tuesday, Aaron Rodgers game day, per Travis Kelsey. He goes on with Pat McAfee each and every Tuesday. And as we get ready for Packers-Bears this weekend, which is one of those games we have a win-and-in scenario, the Green Bay Packers can win and potentially get into the postseason, and they're going up against the Chicago Bears. And here's what Rodgers had to say about that rivalry. Jordan's been uh, excellent. He made like four or five pretty incredible throws uh, the other night. Um, so one more game to go. It's uh, the Super Bowl for the Bears just about every year because they haven't, haven't been in the playoffs. Oh, yeah, first off. Well, well, that long. So this is their Super Bowl. It's been – we've won uh, – what have we won? Matt's never lost to them, I don't think. It's like nine in a row. That was a rhetorical question. Yeah. It's, de- it's definitely nine in a row. Um, is it a rivalry anymore? Oh, geez. I mean, every coach that gets hired in Chicago's first goal is to beat Green Bay. It's been rough the last 30-plus years. And now, you know, I think there was a lot of people like, all right, Barb's out of here. This young kid ain't getting worth a shit. And then, like, you know, we had our run. And then, okay, the old guy's out of here. This young kid's ain't going to be worth a And they're like, oh, Jordan Love's pretty damn good. So – he first of all, he's using we with the Packers, which I find interesting, right? He's on the Jets, and I understand, yeah. you know, obviously all those years with the Packers, but yeah, it's, it'll always be a we in some form. Okay, I, maybe like I know as a Pats fan, I never felt Brady wanted to still be on the Patriots when he was on the Bucks. I thought he was focused on being on the Bucks. I don't think he would have said we with the Patriots at that time. Like it's the only comp I could make, and it is interesting, you know, coming off of a day yesterday in which Dalvin Cook was released by the Jets, a mutual agreement. He was terrible for them, but that was a big Rodgers move. It is amazing, guys, how much the Packers won this deal. If you think mm-hmm. about it, see, see, the Green Bay Packers this year will have more wins or the same wins or more wins this year than they did last year. Jordan Love will have more touchdown passes and potentially less interceptions this year than Rodgers did last year. The New York Jets will have the same or less wins this year than they did last year. And every single acquisition that Rodgers made for them, from Nathaniel Hackett to Randall Cobb to Alan Lazard to now Dalvin Cook, Every single one of them has not worked out. It is unbelievable how lopsided this trade was. We talk about the Russell Wilson trade, as people have said, including UCC, maybe one of the worst trades in the history of the sport. Deshaun Watson, same thing. This was an awful trade for the New York Jets so far. Yeah, it hasn't worked out, and I'm skeptical that it ever will, considering where the Jets are headed, running it back with Aaron Rodgers in his age 41 season coming off of an Achilles. But if you're Green Bay, moving on from a legend is never easy. And the fact that you're in the exact same scenario in week 18 of the regular season as you were last year with a Hall of Fame quarterback that was making $50 million a year speaks volumes to what GM Brian Gutekunst and head coach Matt LaFleur have been able to do in terms of stabilizing the franchise at the most important position in all of team sports. Think about this. Jordan Love is top 10 in QBR, top 10 in passing yards. He's third in passing touchdowns and only 11 interceptions. 
the guy is phenomenal in his first full season as a starter. Now, it's been uneven. It's been up and down. But if you think about the health of this franchise moving forward with what they've done with those draft picks, uh, especially guys like Jaden Ruiz and Luke Musgrove to go along with Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs, you feel really good about what the Green Bay Packers are going to be over the next three to five years. And I think you have to attribute that to the head coach having a steady hand and the general manager doing a great job buying the groceries, but also doing a great job when it comes to the return on the Aaron Rodgers trade to the New York Jets. Yeah, I think that when the season is all said and done and we're reflecting back on the storylines that emerge from this this year, the fact that the Packers won this trade in such heavy-handed fashion I think is going to be one of the biggest storylines of the year. As we were heading into this season, it was all about the Packers. It was all about the Jets. It was all about Aaron Rodgers and Jordan Love. And with the state of the Jets and the fact that Aaron Rodgers didn't play this season, we focused more, I think, on the New York side of things than we did on the Green Bay side of things. And as CeCe mentioned, it has been up and down for Jordan Love, but I think we knew there was going to be some sort of a calibration period, and we don't tend to be patient in the way that we need to be when we have a young player that's developing, even though it's not his rookie season. But he's been efficient. He's been control in control. We've seen his decision-making improve. We've seen him make some big throws. And we've seen that chemistry and cohesion and trust develop between Jordan Love and Matt LaFleur. I can't believe how much better the Packers are poised for the future than they were with Aaron Rodgers. Strictly even based on age, you know that you have your guy in Jordan Love who's, what, 25 years old? Your runway for success has been extended that much further after Aaron Rodgers. And to think that the Packers could go from Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers to potentially now Jordan Love being the guy that's going to be the quarterback for a long period of time is simply remarkable. Not potentially. He's the quarterback, right? Now, he may not be small. at their level of success, obviously. that's TBD. That's TBD. But... But we talk about, like, with the team that they're playing this week, we're not sure if Justin Fields is the guy. The Green Bay Packers, I believe, are sure that Jordan Love is going to be their starter for the next five years, let's say. Like, he has to be their starter for the next five years. He's only under contract for, I believe, next year and how they they reworked that that fifth-year option thing. But they dominated this. They have the youngest team in the league, if I'm not mistaken. They They upgraded. Like, think about it. When we talk about the Bears and the Packers, and we can get into the rivalry part in a second, but when we talk about the Bears and the Packers, when we talk about the Bears, we talk about the idea that Justin Fields, while he's been good late, anytime you have the opportunity to upgrade a quarterback, you have to. And we believe that Caleb Williams will be an upgrade for the Chicago Bears over um, Justin Fields. The Green Bay Packers had an opportunity to upgrade a quarterback, and they did. And Aaron Rodgers was their quarterback last year. Think about that. I'll say it again. The Green Bay Packers had an opportunity to upgrade a quarterback, and they took it. Jordan Love is better this year than Aaron Rodgers was last year. And CeCe has said that he's not convinced that Aaron Rodgers is even going to be good next year at 40 years old, coming off the injury with that team and that franchise and all of those people potentially back with him. It is not hard, CeCe, I think, to project that Jordan Love next year will have a better year than Aaron Rodgers will with the Jets. No, no, it's not. And Jordan Love has had a better year than Aaron Rodgers did last year. Jordan Love has had a better first year as a full-time starter in Green Bay than Aaron Rodgers did. That's that's not hyperbole. That's just fact. And, and so I, I, I don't think it's outside of the realm of possibility that I think from here on out Jordan Love will be the better quarterback. Now, everybody's always going to assign a level of success to Aaron Rodgers if he's able to stay healthy. But that's my my biggest question about Rodgers. Is he going to be able to stay healthy, and can he manage the outside noise for a full 17-game regular season plus playoffs? Because let's let's be honest, 
I mean, for the Jets, if in order for them to get the return on what they traded to Green Bay, the new the, the, the Aaron Rodgers has to lead the Jets on a deep playoff run. If that doesn't happen next year, if that doesn't materialize in 2024, then it is an abject failure that's going to get everybody in New York fired, and it should. So you have to understand what you're getting yourself into when you, you go down the Aaron Rodgers road. I guess desperation makes for interesting bedfellows. And that's where Joe Douglas, the GM for the Jets, and Rob Sala, the head coach for the Jets, find themselves right now. You just said an interesting phrase, Cece, outside noise. Not only did you better position yourself at the quarterback position, you removed all the drama that had persisted with yes. Aaron Rodgers. That is gone. Stability has been restored in Green Bay. And you have a young player who wants to be there. And at the end of Aaron Rodgers' tenure, we knew he didn't want to be there anymore. So not only are they better positioned for the future and they have supplanted the quarterback play, potentially upgraded on this season because Aaron Rodgers didn't play and you're getting good play out of Jordan Love, but you're in a good place from a franchise standpoint where you don't have any outside drama happening. You said remove the drama. I'd, I'd argue the drama moved to the either, Jets. Either way, it's no, gone. No, no, I know, but I'm <laughs> saying... Either way, like, it's gone. Either right. way, it's gone. <laughs> but he brings it with him, right? And, and you could say, oh, that's on you guys' media. No, I mean, listen to his appearance with McAfee yesterday. That's not on us. That's he's you know He brings it with him. And, and I just look at what happened here, and I can't believe we're going here. And it's weird to say this about the Browns because of their success this year. But when we look at bad trades over the last few years, everyone's saying that the Denver Broncos made a bad trade in acquiring Russell Wilson, which now the end result is they did. Everyone's saying that the Cleveland Browns made a bad trade in acquiring Deshaun Watson when Joe Flacco is a better quarterback for them this year than Deshaun Watson was. Are we now going to think about putting the Jets in the same category as the Browns and the Broncos in terms of bad QB trades? I, I can't go there until he plays. CC, but that's the problem. I, don't do, I mean, I don't know what we're going to get when he plays and how long he's going to play. So it's on the board. I don't think we can say that definitively right now, but it's on the board to be one of the worst quarterback trades that we've seen in recent years. Yeah. And, the, Brown, and the Browns one is weird, right? Because, like, they're awesome this year. And, and Kevin Stefanski is arguably the coach of the year this year in the NFL. I think he and D'Amico Ryans will fight it out till the end here, depending on what happens this week. But they have not been hurt by Deshaun Watson not being good slash not being healthy. They just haven't been helped by Deshaun Watson, right? It's like, it's, I don't know yeah. how to look at that. It's a very odd thing because they're not falling. Like, the Broncos are not in the playoffs and they benched Russell Wilson. It's like the 49ers and Trey Lance. Right. Was that a bad pick considering it worked out in the end? Yes, of the, it was a bad pick. It's still it a bad hurt, pick. It was it a bad pick. But it, it was just like them. it was a bad yeah. trade. Yeah, Cleveland Browns still owe the Texans a first round pick. It was a bad. It was a bad trade. Like they would be. Yeah, I get you're saying that it hasn't hurt them. Right. It just hasn't helped them. But I'm pretty sure the two first rounders that they've already forked over to Houston probably could have helped them. Right. They probably could have used those players. And you, saying. And you gave him what? Two hundred thirty million dollars guaranteed, oh and you God. mortgaged the the future of your franchise and your credibility. You put that on the line. Yeah. But their team's excellent. I mean, that's the thing. Like, oh, we forget about all of that stuff because right. the team is succeeding. Like, I look at, yeah. I look at the Broncos trade of Russell Wilson has probably hurt them, right? Um, the Jets trade for Aaron Rodgers has hurt them. The Browns trade for Deshaun Watson hasn't actually hurt them yet, but it prevented them from being helped more. Maybe is the best way of saying. Oh, it. just wait till this cap hit goes to sixty million dollars. Well, yeah. I'm pretty so, sure. So I'm pretty me, sure that's going to be painful. So then let Big me say time. this: it hasn't hurt them. Yet. Now, yeah. in terms of the rivalry part, right? In our lifetime, it feels very one-sided Packers over the Bears. There's a history more than a rivalry 
Is that how we look at it, history more than rivalry right now with these two franchises? Yeah, I think that's accurate. I think that's accurate. You're talking about the, the, the Packers getting the better of the Bears for the past two decades. Now, all of that can turn on its head with what the Bears do with the number one overall pick because that's been the biggest difference between the franchises, right? The Packers have had franchise quarterbacks with Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers, and the Bears have not. Yeah, that simple. I think when you talk about rivalries, you have to have a healthy hatred for one another, and there has to be a, a level of success that's on par with one another. And so far, it has not been that in recent years with the Bears and the Packers. But I think the healthy hatred certainly still exists. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Green Bay, Chicago, still a rivalry or no? I mean, is it, is it a rivalry that has died out? Is it more of a history than a rivalry? I mean, we've seen other programs across college sports in that regard, right? A history more than a rivalry. Um, and speaking of college sports, NIL, Transfer Portal, a lot of people are blaming that for things gone wrong in some cases in college football. We will dive into that next on Sportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Support for this podcast and the following message comes from Wise, the account that helps you manage your money all around the world. Dining in dollars, doing business and bot, wherever life takes you, the Wise account helps you send, spend, and receive in different currencies fast. Wise is the easy way to connect all of your finances internationally. Buying that dream property in Portugal? Done. Freelancing in France? No problem. Sending money back to mom? Simple. All without hidden fees or exchange rate markups. Minimum fees, maximum ease, full speed. Join 16 million customers and learn how the Wise account could work for you by downloading the app or visiting wise.com slash unsportsmanlike. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. We are Unsportsmanlike here on ESPN Radio, presented by... Progressive Insurance. Insurance for motorcycles, boats, and RVs for protection on the road and on the water. See how much you can save at 1-800-PROGRESSIVE and Progressive.com. Alone, Michelle Smallman, Chris Canty, Evan Cohen with you. And bowl season was interesting this year, Smalls, as bowl season provided us with a lot of great experiences for student-athletes, a lot of fun times for a lot of players who maybe didn't play as much during the season as they did, obviously, during bowl week. But... NIL, Transfer Portal, entering the draft has kind of changed the way bowl season is. Our very own Dan Orlovsky, ESPN football analyst, had this to say about what's gone on during bowl season. I think it's an absolutely awful look for college football. Here's the problem with college football. There, first of all, there's no leadership. There's no governing leadership over it all. Two, NIL and the transfer portal have completely wrecked 99% of what college football really is. <clears throat> And there's no governing leadership over that right now. So college football needs to get something or someone that is spearheading and leading it through what it's going to be its next phase because it has to evolve. It can no longer operate the way it has 
for many years, both as the structure of its schedule, when it comes to the transfer portal, and what NIL, the name, image, and likeness is. There needs to be something controlling and governing it, not getting rid of it. So with that, should there be a dead period? Like, should there be a dead period, in other words, like where, okay, you can't transfer during this time or whatever, like we have with recruiting, where, all right, you're going to have your full team through the bowl game, and then after the bowl game, that's when the transfer period basically starts. Should we look at it that way, i.e., you know, NBA free agency on July 1st? I mean, you know, that kind of thing. Do we think that's where we need to go to kind of fix this, guys? Well, they're student-athletes, so I think the priority should be what players need to do, the timeline that they need to go according to when their semester starts at their next place. So that's a part of why the window is currently uh, where it's at. So uh, as far as what it does to the bowl games and what it does to college football's postseason, uh, listen, there, it, that is what it is. I don't think there's any going to be any perfect solution, but what Dano was suggesting – it really, really bothers me because you're talking about limiting player movement and limiting what guys can do in the way of monetizing their athletic ability. And you're saying that after we've seen decades of inequity when it comes to players realizing their rear value to these colleges and universities. So I'm, I'm against everything that he's putting out there. And without offering any real solutions, it's, it's hard to take what he's saying very seriously. And, and I guess that's my biggest issue. Unless you can come with something constructive that doesn't interfere with the academic calendar, something that allows players to move freely and, and not be inhibited, that allows players to monetize their athletic ability through NIL without being hit, inhibited, then it's hard for me to take him seriously in anything that he's saying. And here's my last point. He talks about NIL and transfer portal wrecking 90% of what college football was. I'm sorry, but with the natural rivalries that we've seen between schools going away with conference realignment and with coachings changing jobs like they changed their undershorts, I, 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 I can't go along with anything that's, that's benefiting the players as what's ruining the sport of college football. And if you look at the salaries and if you look at what NIL is and how much these players and coaches are making and what these universities are making and what these television contracts are, I think the business of college football is just fine. The the transfer portal and NIL have certainly shifted college football, but I don't think it's ruined it in any way. I think if we're talking about bowl games specifically, they're being devalued in a lot of ways, not necessarily because of the transfer portal and NIL, but because of the importance that we have placed on the college football playoff. Bowl games don't matter the same way that they used to because of the playoff. That is the goal. That is what everyone is is trying to achieve. And if I'm a player and I didn't reach that goal and I have to consider my future and that could be impeded upon if I play and I need to protect myself in some way, of course I'm going to do that. Of course I'm going to care about myself and my future. But I think the importance that we have placed on the on the college football playoff has more to do with the lack of interest or the lack of importance that are placed on bowl games rather than the transfer portal and NIL. You're right with most schools, not all schools, though, because this is where I think that the issue becomes – like, I'll just use my school, University of Wisconsin, where I went to school. And shout out to ESPN Milwaukee for all the gear here. If you're an ESPN <laughs> radio station, you can feel free to send us stuff. We'll display it on our set. Um, Wisconsin played against LSU in a bowl game. Wisconsin is going to have Tyler Van Dyke as their quarterback next year. He wasn't the quarterback now. Jaden Daniels won the Heisman Trophy for LSU this year. He didn't play in the game. So when we come to the big schools like that, an SEC program against a Big Ten program, not having all of the players 
doesn't give us the feeling of like, oh, that's a big game and the college football playoff has something to do with that. Because I promise you, if LSU was in the college football playoff, Jaden Daniels was going to play. Of course. Right. Oh, of course he was. Yeah, right. The, the schools that we're not talking about are the other schools that make bowl games. Like I've, I've emceed events for the RoofClaim.com Boca Raton Bowl for the last decade. Those players, those student athletes absolutely love it. The mid-majors, right? So I think there, there needs to be a separation here. Now, one concept, guys, that's been thrown out there is the idea of moving bowl season to week zero, that that starts a season versus ends a season. Now, I think that takes some of it away from the the beauty of it because many cold-weather schools go to warm-weather climates all across the country in December and into January and have that fun in the sun to kind of end their college season. What do we think about the idea of flipping it and it starts the season versus ends the season and the playoff are the only postseason games that we have? Well, I mean, how does it solve the problems of the turnover on the teams? Well, because nobody's going to transfer to start. I mean, say you're going to have your yeah, your but I mean, team you're talking about the, the accomplishments of players at a team in one season translating to players having no, no, different no, no. players having an opportunity at the start of next season. Right. So let me explain. I'm sorry, I didn't explain that properly. I'm not saying you earn the bowl game now for next season. I think you would have to have a new way of picking them. Right. There's some sort of rotation or this conference versus that conference, and you, however you go about doing it. That it's a pre-scheduled bowl game, not necessarily based on results. So is it still a reward then? Or no? It's just how we open the season? Because that's what a bowl game is. Like, the the idea of it is that you're, you're building towards something and it's a reward at the end of the season. So you're saying it's not a reward for your accomplishments throughout the season. It's just the way we're opening the college football season? That's, that's been the counter to it, right? That's been like, hey, there's another idea of taking these games with the same sponsorships and all over ESPN platform and moving them to week zero, like before the actual season starts, find a way of the conference matchups, Mm-hmm. And having the same perks that I, I mean, I don't know, Cece, you would know better than we would. I assume you guys like get tons of perks that bowl week, right? Like goodie bags and things like that that you wouldn't. Yeah, get. so that means everybody is eligible for a bowl game. I guess, yeah, you would actually have more bowl games in this scenario potentially. I don't know. This is so, just I mean, what's again, been you're up. devaluing bowl games. Yeah. So I mean, either either way you look at it, you're devaluing the bowl games. Yeah. I, so I, pick I, pick whichever way you want it. I, I just I, I don't know that that necessarily you know accomplishes. What you're looking to accomplish, which is more of the players playing in the bowl games and, and really having it be a reward, like Small says, for what you've accomplished in the regular season. Yeah, I don't think we have as much of a problem as everyone else seems to think. I'm just saying if we're going to deem it as a problem, then that would be a possible maybe well, that, solution. Well, that was, that was my criticism to what Dano had to say about what we love about college football. I, I just... Uh, without presenting any type of solution, any type of answer, I think it's just... it's. It's hard to criticize it, right? This is the way of the world now. I mean, with all of the inequities in in how players have been treated for generations when it comes to college football, we're now seeing a situation where players can actually realize their true value to these programs, to colleges and universities overall. And I don't want to do anything in any way, shape, or form to restrict that. And so changing the transfer portal window or – changing NIL to restrict it more with more oversight from the NCAA or a different governing body. I just don't think that's the way we need to go, especially with how coaches and programs have been able to operate without impunity for decades on end. I'm just against it overall. And so whatever happens with college football, the state of it, it's what it is now. The NCAA could have avoided this entire situation if they just stopped hiding behind the guise of amateurism years ago. They chose not to go down that road, and so we're here now, 
and, and they have to deal with the realities of that. I, I don't think you can. I don't think you can put the horse back in the barn when it comes to NIL and transfer portal. And that's the NCAA's fault, not the players' fault. In trying to impugn them in any way or limit them in any way, moving forward, I, I'm all out on. I'm against completely. I totally agree. They should not ban NIL. They should not ban the transfer stuff. It actually has made the offseason even more interesting. The other, the other solution quickly I'll have before we break here. What if hypothetically, I guarantee you more players would play, if hypothetically they had a, a, a one-time bonus, whoever's paying it, for the winning team, a la the NBA in-season tournament. Now, that would be intriguing. All of a sudden, Jaden Daniels could play for LSU, and every player is getting 10... I mean, it's probably not going to be as high as what he gets NIL money or draft money, but $10,000 to every player, whatever. You know what I'm saying? Something like that, where the student-athletes, who some of them may not have a dollar to use outside of their scholarship money because they're not allowed to get jobs, right? And they don't have the time to get the jobs. What if we give them a one-time bonus for winning a bowl game? But that's that's intriguing because you would want the star players to play for their teammates who might not be getting that money. But right. you also put the star players in a very precarious situation because they're asking to put themselves potentially at harm and risk their future by playing in an extra game or letting their teammates down who really could use that money if they play. So I just think that that puts a lot of pressure on those star players. We're on Sportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. It's demon time on Prize Picks, where you can now win up to 100 times your money. That's right, 100, 100 times, times your money. money. With as little as four correct picks, you can turn $10 into $1,000. Demons and goblins are the newest and most exciting way to play at Prize Picks. Squares marked with red demons or green goblins get you different payouts. And as always, Prize Picks is really simple to play. You can make your picks and submit your entry in less than 60 seconds. They even offer injury insurance so that your entries stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. Quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, and an enormous selection of players and stat types are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Go to prizepix.com slash morning and use code morning for a first deposit match up to $100. That's prizepix.com slash morning, code morning, for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks. Pick more, pick less. It's that easy. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. We are on Sportsman Like here on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance, ESPNU, along with Michelle Smallman, Chris Canty, Evan Cohen with you. Joined right now by Jordan Reed, ESPN NFL Draft College Football Analyst. Jordan, let's start with this. Jeremy Fowler, ESPN Insider, yesterday put out there that Caleb Williams could be worth as many as three first-rounders if a team were trying to trade with the Bears for number one overall. In your guesstimation, how many first-rounders is Caleb Williams worth? Oh, well, thank you guys for having me. It's a pleasure being here. And this is the dilemma that the Bears are in at the top of the draft. I think it's such a fascinating situation as far as which direction they want to go. Do you opt to trade Justin Fields or do you elect to or do you opt to keep Justin Fields just because he's played so well down the back stretch of the year? And he's done a good job of making this decision really, really difficult. But I think they could get a package similar to what they got when they traded from one to nine last year. But we're talking about the quarterback tax is what I call it. There's going to be teams that want to come up. 
And if you look at the top 10 as it's presently constructed, there is already four or five teams that would have interest in coming up, whether it's the Commanders at number two overall, New England at three, even Atlanta down at number nine overall right now. And I would even add the New York Giants who sit at number five overall right now. So there's going to be a bunch of teams that sit inside of the top 10 that Ryan Poles could uh, have an option in some sort to, to get that number one overall pick. So it's going to be really, really interesting to see what he elects to do. Jordan, when you factor in what Justin Fields brings to the table versus Caleb Williams or Drake May, guys that are prospectively in the mix for that number one overall pick or the future franchise quarterback for the Chicago Bears, rank the talents with those three guys? Uh, That's a great question. Um, I I think Justin will be behind those two for me um, when it comes to grading those prospects. And, you know, Justin has gotten better uh, over this season, but I just think coming into the league, I think both of those guys are much more natural passers right now than what Justin is. And I think they see the field much cleaner than Justin does presently do right now. We don't know what those guys are going to be on the NFL level. Just talking about them as far as prospects, I would have Williams one, May two, and then Fields three if I was stacking them as far as being prospects. Jordan, you're right. We'll never know what these guys can develop into at the NFL level until they get there. But if you had to give us a percentage, how sure are you that Caleb Williams can be a franchise quarterback? When you evaluate him, do you think he's that guy? Well, there's no such thing as a can't-miss prospect. I kind of hate that phrase just because we've seen players that were essentially can't-miss and then they end up being bust in the league. But I feel very confident about Caleb's ability on the next level. Now it all comes down to situation, just with we've seen with every other quarterback that's ended up being a first-round selection. But, And I've been telling everybody this. I think the key to Caleb's success on the next level is getting with a coach that can manage him. Just because what we've seen from Caleb Williams is that he has all the physical gifts in the world that you want. But what really turned and helped escalate the development of somebody like a Patrick Mahomes was having that demanding head coach in his back pocket like an Andy Reid. So there's going to have to be a proven quarterback developer and somebody that can tame Caleb Williams just because he has that Superman cape on all the time. We see the miraculous throws of him running around, scrambling around everywhere. But what what differentiates good quarterbacks to great ones is you have to be able to win inside the pocket. And I think Caleb is able to do that. But he's his Superman cape is always – or he's always in that overdrive mode of keeping that Superman cape on – he has to have a coach that can really tame some of that and say, hey, let's just settle down. Let's make some throws from the pocket. That's what's really going to help him uplift and become that player that I think he can be on the next level. Jordan Reed, ESPN NFL draft analyst, joining us here on Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. Jordan, when you say that, who are you thinking of realistically? Which coach? It's tough uh, just because at the top of the draft right now, we don't know. Um, I, I don't. I honestly think there's gonna, they're going to clean house in Washington. Uh, so I don't know what they're going to do there. New England, we don't know what's going to happen with Bill Belichick. And then at the top of the draft, everybody says that Matt Eberflus is going to be back. So what do they do with Luke Getty? Do they bring Getty back and they bring Fields back? Or do they um, clean house on the offensive side of the ball and bring Caleb Williams in with the new offensive personnel? So it's kind of hard to say exactly what's going to happen at the top of the draft and what landing spot that I really like for him right now. Jordan, when you came out with your quarterback rankings list, your prospects in late December, you you had Caleb Williams and Drake May 1-2. Then you have Jaden Daniels and Michael Penix at 3-4. Just how close are Daniels and Penix to closing the gap on those top two prospects, if at all? Well, Michael Penix made a big statement uh, in the game uh, a couple days ago. He he was phenomenal in that game. And Jaden Daniels has been absolutely outstanding this year, too. And it wouldn't surprise me if either one of those guys, uh, or excuse me, I should say Jaden Daniels goes before 
Caleb Williams or Drake May, but I still think Caleb is the favorite to go number one overall, followed by Drake May. But it wouldn't surprise me if some teams have uh, Daniels ahead of both of those guys on their board. Now, Penix is the one that really throws a wrench in everything just because of the medical situation he's had four seasons and the injuries in four consecutive seasons. But the last two seasons, he's been fully healthy. And as you guys saw against Texas, he's been doing that all game long. He's been doing that all season long, excuse me. So I think it's going to be really interesting to see exactly what happens with both of those two guys. But the medical situation is going to be the key factor with Penix. But I think Daniels, I think that's going to end up uplifting Daniels just because he has a clean resume. And then he really unlocked that next stage of his development this past season. Uh, Jordan, I just want a quick follow-up. I want to make sure I understand what you're saying. You're saying the teams could have Jaden Daniels ahead of Caleb Williams in their rankings, but you still assume Caleb Williams is going to go number one no matter what, correct? Yeah, I think it just depends on the team. And it only takes one team. You guys know that it only takes one team to fall in love with one quarterback. And like I said, I think Caleb Williams and Drake May are still the favorite to go one-two. But it wouldn't surprise me if some teams end up do falling in love with Jaden Daniels at the top of the draft. Jordan, how big is the gap in your assessment between Caleb Williams and the rest of those quarterbacks that are projected to go in the first round? It's still significant for me. Uh, I'm a big fan of Caleb. I just think there was some things that happened at USC this year that caused him to get out of character a little bit from an on-the-field perspective just because his defense was giving up 40 and 50 points a game. And I talked about this a little bit earlier. It caused him to be in Superman mode all the time. So there was a lot of things that he had to do as far as uplifting the offense. And there was so much on his shoulders this year. And then Lincoln Riley's system, I love it, but it's not really good as far as developing patience for quarterbacks. Everything is all or nothing down the field. So it doesn't really pe- it doesn't really preach, excuse me, quarterbacks not getting bored with the easy throws. And I think that's something that Caleb has to develop and he has to learn on the next level. He can't get bored with making the easy throws. He wants every throw to be number one on the Sports Center top ten. So just understand that it's okay to take a check down here, just take the running back in the flat. That's something that he has to learn on the next level, and I think he'll be able to do that. Jordan, we know that this is going to be a quarterback-rich draft, but what are some of the other position groups in this draft that are deep? Offensive tackle. I think this is a very, very deep offensive tackle group. We could see as many as five or six go in the first round, and then also wide receiver. I think this wide receiver group is much better than the group we saw last year, and we saw four go in the first round. But it wouldn't surprise me if we see as many as six or seven go in the first round, which is a significantly high number. I think this wide receiver group is definitely loaded. Talk about Jordan Reed, ESPN NFL Draft and College Football Analyst here on Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. All right, let's finish with this, Jordan. How many of the top five in your mind will be quarterbacks? When When it's all said and done, how many quarterbacks will be drafted in the top five? If the draft were today, I would say three. Uh, I feel good about Caleb Williams, Drake May, and then also Jaden Daniels going inside of the top five. Um, inside the top 12, we could get as many as um, five. I think, I think this is definitely going to be a quarterback-rich draft, especially inside of the top 15. And these guys are always going to be pushed up, whether it's bowl game performances and then just letting the pre-draft process play out like we saw. With Michael Penix, he's already helped his stock a ton. J.J. McCarthy, there's mixed reviews about him. There's some people that like him in the first round. There's some people that like him in the top of the second round. So there's always going to be some that are pushed up. But I feel good about three going in the top five right now. Jordan, great job. We will talk to you as the draft gets closer. Thank you so much for the time. We appreciate it. Thank you, as always. All right, there's Jordan Reed joining us here on Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. Certainly interesting uh, comments there about the quarterback position. Three in the top five could obviously move up there. Also said that it's not impossible for some teams to have 
guys ahead of Caleb Williams on their Jayden board. Jaden Daniels, yeah, Jaden Daniels specifically, yeah. Th- that that surprised me. I got to be too. honest with you. Me I thought too. that Caleb Williams was an untouchable at number one overall. Um, which we, he said he's going to be number one pick, but a number one in the rankings for all these teams. But Jaden Daniels obviously creeping his way up there. All right. Well, yeah. Mel, yeah. Mel Kiper actually said that too uh, recently in in, um, in an interview. He said Jaden Daniels could challenge Caleb Williams for the number one overall pick. Wow. Yeah. That would be stunning based on we've had two years of, of Caleb Williams going number one, yep. basically, is what we've been saying. All right, coming up, we talked about some of those coaching moves, or Jordan did there in the top five. Who could be the surprise head coach fired this offseason? We'll find out coming up. It's on Sportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here as in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. You know, if I was going to do anything, I'd put it out there on, you know, Twitter and, and my face so everybody could see it, but I don't... You're saving it for the... If I don't do that, then I'll just keep it private. I don't think they've had their heart-to-heart, face-to-face about this yet, and I don't think they will until next week. On a week-to-week basis, I mean, I don't want to spend time or get caught up in what's going to happen two years from now or, I mean, a bunch of other random stuff, so just working on the Jets. The people around that situation do seem to think that it feels like there's going to be a change. The voice of Bill Belichick, courtesy of the Greg Hill Show, WEI in Boston, along with Michelle Smallman, Chris Canty, Evan Cohen with you. We are on Sportsmanlike on ESPN Radio, ESPNU, presented by Progressive Insurance. A lot of conversation about surprise coaches that could be fired, right? Guys that are out there that we may sit there and say, wow, I didn't I didn't see that coming. That is not something that I expected. Kind of like someone on this show keeping a ledger of everything he purchases. <laughs> <clears throat> Nuno, would you like to explain yourself quickly here? Because we learned something about Nuno, our producer, that has Pat and everybody up in arms this morning. Go ahead, Nuno. So I keep a ledger to balance my, you know, accounts. And for whatever reason, I feel like I'm being ridiculed and and just mocked and, because and you are. chastised based upon the fact that I do that because... Yes, I have my receipts. I check my apps, but I still like to write it down. And I'm currently trying to find I'm off by $5. Don't know where that went. That's insane. (laughs) You're off by $5. So, like, if you go and buy lunch from the ESPN cafeteria today, you'll then write that down? Of course. Yes. Why is does that seem We have weird? the internet. We have apps. I have questions. <laughs> I have follow-up questions. Are you paying in cash or are you paying with a card? Because if you're paying in cash, I can understand why you'd want to write it down. I, no matter well, no. If I withdraw withdraw money that just it's just a withdrawal whatever happens with that money happens, but when I use my, you know, Bank of America card, like I'm writing that down. 
All right, wait. So just play one other thing out. So you're going to the cafeteria today. You're getting a sandwich. All right. You're coming back to your office or newsroom area, whatever it is. You're physically writing it down. Like you carry that thing with you at all times. Well, I have it in my bag, and but when I go shopping on the weekends or whatever, I, obviously I leave it at home. I don't bring it with me. When I get home, I sit there and I write it down, yes. See, see, I don't understand why we're shaming our producer for being financially responsible. We, we have the internet. It's just, it's a waste of time. There are apps. Well, some people, well, it tracks some it people, right there for you. I well, have it. The, I also have Bank thing, of though, America. Pat, Pat, I hear what you're saying, and that might work for you, but some people writing it down actually helps them remember it. They're not writing it down so they can go back and look at it. They're writing it down because the act of physically writing it helps them remember. What do you have to remember it for? It's all in the app. It's all right there. It's so easy. Yeah, I have a paper planner that I write things in, like appointments, et cetera, because I will forget if I don't write it down. Even if it's in my calendar, I need to write it down. Yeah, I'm right there with you. But you don't need to remember your purchases. As Pat says, you can just log into the app and it's itemized there right for you. Well, here's what I'll say to that, Smalls. I mean, in terms of making sure that things are top of mind and you're trying to be fiscally responsible at all times, sometimes you don't want to have to go through the exercise of you know, going in, looking into whatever online locker you have to see what you spent. Rather, if you've written it down, you already, you know, kind of written it into your memory and you know, okay, listen, I spent X amount of dollars this month and I don't want to spend any more. So I probably don't need to make this purchase. Thank you, Canty. Like, I know I have a couple things that are going to be automatically withdraw the next couple days. So I'll go in and put that in there already so that that money's already been earmarked, so I'm not touching. So I know what I'm spending throughout the rest of the week, the, the the month, that type of thing. So that's what it is. It's just a process, and I think it's weird that everyone is, most of you, except for Canty, smart man, is just like, <laughs> what the hell is well, wrong with you? No, that no. type of thing. Can I just ask one other follow up before we get to the coaches thing? So when you're going, if I do use the ESPN cafeteria example, are you then in the ledger writing down like turkey, Swiss? Tomato, or he's no. like five seventy five for lunch. Yeah, I'll put it's what is it? I think it's called flick here. Yeah, it's so, flick. so I put like flick and then put the money on there. Yeah. Wow. Okay. All right. There we learn something new every day, and Nuno has this for us every day. Insane. Right. Uh, surprise coaching fired. We always see one, right? We always see one every single year. Reckless speculation out there. Is there someone that you would say, you know what, maybe we don't see it coming, but maybe possibly this guy could get fired if X, Y, and Z happens? Absolutely. I mean, for me, it's Sean McDermott of the Buffalo Bills. If the Bills go on the road in Week 18 and lose to the Dolphins, Jacksonville Jaguars beat the Tennessee Titans and the Pittsburgh Steelers beat a Baltimore Ravens team that has nothing to play for, then Buffalo is on the outside looking into the postseason. And in that scenario, I could absolutely see the Bills parting ways with Sean McDermott. They already put the warning shot up when they decided to fire Ken Dorsey. That That is an example of downward pressure from ownership in order to create more urgency, in order to win. And if they don't find themselves in the postseason in a scenario where they're win and in, against a depleted Miami Dolphins team, especially on the defensive side of the ball, then I could see Sean McDermott getting fired in Buffalo. Sean McDermott is a good candidate. Mine is Nick Sirianni. And I know that that might not be a shock to some people in Philadelphia. I think a lot of Eagles fans want Nick Sirianni to be gone. But it would be a shock if a guy who took you to the Super Bowl last year and started 10-1 and this season 
gets fired at the end of the year. But it just seems like this team is in a bit of a free fall. There's been an erosion since that strong start. We kept saying we're going to see a better version of the Eagles. They might not be pretty wins. They might not look dominant like they did last season, but they're still getting the job done. But it just seems like one thing after another has gone wrong since that strong start. And I could see if the Philadelphia Eagles have an early exit, them deciding to clean house. You know, Adam Schefter, our very own ESPN NFL insider, uh, had something on this today because I I agree with you. Sirianni was going to be my answer as well. He said on 97.5 in Philly that he doesn't think they're going to fire Sirianni, that they're going to make changes potentially if the season doesn't go the way in which they want it to go in the postseason with his assistance, which we've already seen, obviously, but not that. But question for you guys. I'm going to give you three teams right now that absolutely at one point or another, and including now in some cases, have been considered title contenders this year. And I'm going to project out to next year blindly, and I'm going to put Bill Belichick as the head coach of them. Would you blindly pick them to go to slash win the Super Bowl? One mm. by one. Buffalo. If I put Belichick as the coach of Buffalo next year, we have no idea what's going to happen. Draft, free agency, who's going to win, nothing. But blindly. Would you pick Buffalo to go to the Super Bowl right now for next year if Belichick was their head coach? Yes. Smalls? Is he the GM as well or just the coach? Let's do it just as the coach for right now. Then I would put them in the conversation. Okay. Uh, Philadelphia, blindly. Belichick's a head coach next year. Are they going yes. to the Super Bowl? Yes. Probably. Okay. Dallas, if he's the head coach next year, are they going to the Super Bowl? Yes. I would well. I would put them in the Super Bowl contending conversation this season. So yeah, I think they'd still be there. So what you've told us, and I agree with this, is there is no coach that is better suited to take a team to a Super Bowl that is Super Bowl ready than Bill Belichick. There are coaches that are better suited to restart a program at this point at 2024, or to coach bad teams and get more out of them than other than Bill Belichick. But he is. I don't know if I agree with that statement. Well, Andy Reid, maybe the, the other. Yeah, yeah I'm about to say. Okay, Andy so Reed, top two. John Harbaugh. I don't know if I agree with that statement. So yeah. top two to three, let's say, CC, but best available to do that, right? That, that, yeah. that Andy yeah. Reid and John Harbaugh will not be available, obviously, unless yeah. it's their choice that they're walking away. Their, yeah. their franchise is not going to fire them. But this guy is still an elite-level head coach in the National Football League. And oddly, there have been times this year that have proven that, specifically on the defensive side of the ball. But the attraction for Belichick to coach one of the contenders could also, if he becomes a coaching free agent, entice somebody to fire a coach that they don't really want to fire right now, but if they think they can get Belichick, he's better than who they got, if they're that good already. Does that make sense? Yeah. That's where the surprise coaching fire could potentially become interesting. If you think you have a shot at that guy. Mm. 888-SAY-ESPN, your telephone number, Dr. Pepper call in line. Who is the surprise coaching fire? We'll get your calls in coming up. It's Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. You can listen to Unsportsmanlike live weekdays from 6 to 10 a.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch on ESPN2 and on ESPNU. Unsportsmanlike with Evan Canty and Michelle. Reggie White, who's a defensive end for the Green Bay Packers, says that the firebombing of his church in Knoxville, Tennessee this week was the work of racists who may have been trying to hurt him. First there was one fire, then there was another, then there was another. It wasn't just Reggie's church that burnt down. Hundreds of churches burned in the 90s. I think we have a major problem in our country that we don't want to admit, and that has to do with racism. Was this 1996 or 1956? 30 for 30 podcast and Antsgate presents Through the Flames. Listen now wherever you get your podcasts.